0: Welcome to the bilge pumps where a bunch of naval geeks spout off.
1: Oh, you're recording me. Absolutely. Let that work. Whoops. Uh right. So, this is episode. Goodness gracious me. How many episodes are we on? Ah, come on. After this many episodes, insert number of
0: episodes here. We still haven't pre-prepared (laughs) with the the number. We're
1: 113. um... We're on episode 113. I was trying to avoid saying the 13. Mm -hmm. And it's a
2: Christmas special. Yes,
1: it is. Because Because everyone, everyone's
2: going to be taking December, the rest of December off.
1: (laughs) Yes. Apart from me and you, Drak, who are planning on spending December. Well, I'm pumping out a video, uh, two videos a day. Because I decided that it was going to be my contribution to anyone who's feeling lonely. And just because I felt like it, and because I didn't have anything else much to do. And I think you're also putting on a huge number of very special episodes
2: for your well, channel. I'm not, I'm not doing any increased number of episodes, because I I like to sail through secular, political, religious holidays, basically present pretending they don't exist. So um the output le- the output level won't change but the uh you know I've I've had this schedule running for a while <laughs> I I know what I know which videos I'm going to be producing um but it's yeah it's going to be interesting well, for me it's just
0: the usual school holidays so um kids escape the heat come home and make life hell for parents
1: yeah damn you education system <laughs> <laughs> What you mean? The kids aren't are supposed to go to school twenty four days, uh, 24, 7, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year. That would help. I suppose it would get them through schooling quicker.
0: That no, you just sort of add, add more courses to it, don't you? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, 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 no. Seriously, um, it's a, you know, it's a, a great way to survive this time of year in Australia. The heat you really don't want to be uh, dropping off the kids and picking them up from school. <laughs> no, in those sorts of
1: temperatures, and it saves on air conditioning. Um, probably not. But I do, anyway. I do love uh, me and Drac are, of course, considering coming to Australia next year and planning it and putting it together. And when we suggested to Jamie that we were coming in June, he was going, "But that's winter," and we we're going, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> we know this." Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm well aware that. You know our winter temperatures and rainfall would probably be equivalent to a nice uh, summer day. (laughs) So, anyway, that aside, for our fans, what are we doing today? Well, how are we
1: we, we going to wrap up the year? We're going to be talking about cruise missiles again because it seems the Jeopard anti-tank gun, which I always thought was actually quite cool, anyway. They do look cool. I've always been a fan of them, and and and
0: also, you know, just to show that um, I, I um my coolness is uh, not politically based. I also like the Russian Tungasa, mm-hmm. the uh, their their version of the uh, Gepard, but I think they have um, pods for uh, short-range missiles strapped on the side of the guns as well. But yeah, these, these these things aren't new. These things have been. No, I mean, the Tungas has been around since the '90s, and the Gepard has been around since the '80s. So and the there Gepard used to is, of course, the, uh, Gepard, Sergeant of, Gepard as well, wasn't there? There was the Sergeant York, which is the American one. I mean, just just so that everyone knows, a Gepard is basically a leopard tank with a um, twin thirty millimeter uh, gun mount on the top, uh, with and... with associated
1: tracking ra- and uh, targeting radars. They date from the days when NATO armies used to have short range air defense for mobile formations as a given, because it was a standard operating procedure. You are probably going to be operating in a scenario where it was going to be at best a neutral sky, potentially an actively hostile sky.
0: And yeah, and helicopters and everyone was afraid of helicopters. Yes. The hind was, the, was the, uh, you know, the cold war terror and, uh, you know, then it was the Apache and, um, I suppose one thing that um Ukraine has shown here is that um, actually just as everyone predicted, helicopters aren't really all that great on the front line. And um but the uh, Gepards and other you know, just like your shoulder launch um missiles, um have now got new targets. You know, everything from the a main- drone through everything
1: from a drone through to um your advanced cruise missiles. And the main thing I'm finding fun is the amount of people have just discovered. That it's really cheap to kill drones and cruise missiles with guns. <laughs> uh, I especially. Mean, there was an MOD report about this now that's come out. There's a, no, not a report. I, I misspeak. No, sorry. A little note has appeared to Parliament in response to an MP's question, I think. And all these things are appearing in this case of oh, you've only just remembered this. You're the nation which is actually procuring a flak frigate.
0: Yeah, but they don't know what a Flak Frigate is. Have you seen the is.
1: Type 31? It's a Flak Frigate.
0: No, we haven't seen it. And are we going to see it? We are. But but I thought it was cancelled.
1: No, that's a Type 32. And basically, as before my esteemed colleague, Drack NFL, starts in on the whole stupidity of the Type 32 programme, let's be honest, what we're basically omitting, and what's basically happened is that the Type 32 program is not being funded because they're just admitting it's going to be Type 31 Batch 2, probably. Which we all knew was going to be the case anyway. Okay, so so Type 31 Light. Well, no, Type 31 probably with the same guns and a reconfigured internal space to deal with the Mine Warfare suite. So kind of like those new pictures we've seen of mine laying, it will have probably have a connection for the containers to be conveyed in and out of the module uh, modular space to the hangar, so they can launch mines and things off the stern. So,
0: so that, they're not a cut price It's just it's just batch two. Yes. With, a modif- with 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 a, with an evolved batch two. Okay.
1: Yes, that's what the type. I this is what the type. So, of so, it's so it's actually to so it's
0: actually so it's actually a win. As opposed it's to at least account. being
1: honest <laughs> because all right here is the problem type 26 production is likely to carry on to at least eight hulls but informally there have been discussions because of the what's going on when we've been reported with the submarine issues with the Russians etc and the reaffirming of the cold war etc we might need to bo- order a two and possibly more extra sub hunters of the anti-submarine warfare variety in other words type 26s Which means that the BAE yard's going to be full. Okay, so which frigate yard does that leave? Oh, that leaves the people who are building the Type 31, who are not BAE. Okay, so your project was always going to be a bid between them and the BAE. And if BAE can't bid because they're busy with the Type 26 or they're moving on to the Type 83, then what is the chance of anyone else winning? Uh, Is Britain going to start ordering its frigates from abroad? Probably not. So we haven't (coughs) done it in years. uh, Could we
0: suggest a redesign here, however? Um, These these Type 31s don't really look all that toothsome. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, why not dial back to the uh, good old days of the daring? And then you'll get a real flak frigate.
1: I was just checking which daring you were talking about post like 45 Joy. or the ones I like. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: well, I don't know. Uh, well, that's true. I forgot they were called darings as well. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the um, uh, post-war mm-hmm. modified evolved um, battle class. So, six in three twin turrets, um, four,
3: 4. and a half
0: inches. Yeah, so you know, if you're going to go down that path, um. Why not
1: go all the way down that path? It's tempting. I certainly would be tempted by the idea of something mounting three 57mm guns. Especially if they were free twin turrets free twin turrets. I guess that'd be just having six fifty-seven millimeters would just be okay. Yes. Um there there was there over there is a, is a swarm of drones and things coming in. Loading with fragmentation shells. And firing and oh, they've all disappeared in a puff of what well, so, looks like about several million tungsten balls.
0: So six four point fives versus how many fifty seven milliliters? What, what would you six. what would you rather what would you rather roll with? Mm. I, I imagine that the rate of fire of the four point fives would still be uh, low in comparison,
1: even though you can probably get it up to a reasonable speed. If we're talking about original staring 4.5s from that area, I'd go with a modern 57 millimeter. If you were trying to build a modern, probably we end up being five inch rather than 4.5 inch. Well, if you need a you run out of Our bearings... trouble is you'd run out of shells quite quickly.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. I was just, that, but, that's the know, main the, problem.
1: I'd love it, I'd like it, but you'd run out of shells quite quickly. Okay, so, there's, so no,
0: there's, no, go the there's, there's no threat to HMAS Vampire in Sydney Harbour being reverse-engineered.
2: <sighs> now, unfortunately... uh
1: Me and Drack make no promises that if we come, we do not <laughs> find a way to get her working and take her home.
2: Well, I, th- I, th- I think part of the thing is, um, you know, that much as it would be really nice, a, a, a six, four-and-a-half-inch gun... Destroyer these days would be substantially larger than the old darings yes, because yes. the uh, that it well, it's this usual thing you know, modern modern guns are auto loaders, and to be useful in the anti aircraft or anti missile role, they have to track and scan much faster than the old mounts did, which means they're exponentially heavier per gun.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, even
2: if, even if the actual volume doesn't volume taken up doesn't increase all that much but um the only thing that uh, the only thing that i'd say about the the gepard shoot down that we've seen and obviously qualifier i'm not exactly the world's greatest expert in modern cruise missiles but i do wonder if that particular shootdown was a uav or one of the uh, iranian derived drones mm-hmm. and i say that mainly because um two reasons one we've we've seen plenty of footage of calibers and similar flying around and almost always you hear either with the missile flying over or shortly thereafter you hear the roar of the engine Mm. and there doesn't seem to be any even post explosion sort of following sound there doesn't seem to be any of that rather distinctive whining noise of the engine in this particular clip and also um and this may just this may just be perspective of you know what angle it's been shot at granted um but the debris that's falling away seems to be falling away rather slowly if a caliber is motoring along at you know 550 600 miles an hour whatever it's doing Mm. and it's been just been you know disintegrated by a barrage of Gepard shells i would expect most of it to still have considerably more momentum than that now gr- I say, granted that bit could just be perspective it could be that it is actually still coming on pretty fast and it's coming mostly towards the point of view of the camera and slightly off so all we're seeing is mostly the vertical decrease in altitude rather than the speed but um yeah, no, look,
0: I, 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 I guess, I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, we can't put too much emphasis on the one clip anyway, other than the fact no. that it's cool to see a Gepard doing what it was built to do.
2: Yeah. Yes. Um, but the the flip side <laughs> to that is, of course, that, you know, as old as it yeah. is, a Gepard is effectively a pair of, what is it, 40 millimeter it's, it's gu- guns stuck 35 on...
1: on... 35 millimeter, Paul. 35 millimeter.
2: Well, right. it's a pair of, of what I would call medium caliber yeah. anti-aircraft guns stuck on a turret with a radar guiding it. Mm-hmm. So... Yes. You know, it's 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 the same concept as phalanx
1: it is or oracons.
2: There you go. Yeah. So, but it's the same concept as you know, goalkeeper mm. or phalanx, but except bigger guns. Point. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, if if it is a caliber, then it's not necessarily that surprising that it managed to pull it off. With the with the caveat, obviously, being that being when you're at sea goalkeeper and phalanx tend to have slightly better line of sight than a gepard mm-hmm. that might have hills and trees and all sorts of fun things getting in the way but you know in in a lot of well i mean in a lot of ways as you kind of mentioned earlier jamie it does kind of illustrate how how mm-hmm. the, the the difficulty of the cruise missile as it were because effectively, you know, the cruise missile is this kamikaze drone that is flying at low altitude mm-hmm. at subsonic velocities for the most part. And, you know, aircraft flying low, trying to get below the radar at subsonic velocities to launch their strikes is a mission profile that's been around for, well, pretty much actually since, the, since World War II in various description in various way shapes and forms um so it's not new there's been plenty yeah. of ways rigged to try and defend against it and ultimately the, the 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 real advantage that you get flying low these days against defense systems is you're minimizing the overall time of engagement but if you've got something that can engage pretty quickly like a gepard it may not matter. It just narrow. It narrows your window of being killed. It doesn't eliminate it. So mm-hmm. multiply that out into the sea where you don't have terrain to hide behind. And uh, I think this is why you see, you know, the US is now looking at hypersonic missiles. The Russians, obviously, for quite a while, have been using thing had things like Moskits oh, yeah. and Zircons, and the Indians have got Brahmos, and the Anglo French potential missile is looking at being quite quick as well because it's all about minimizing that engagement time there isn't anywhere nowadays really where an incoming missile can hide once it gets into kind of over the horizon well once it comes over the horizon there's whether it's coming in high or low it doesn't really make much odds modern systems can engage it at least at close range well
1: it's worth, just before we go let's consider mm. the actual Gepard itself because they weigh in at 47.5 tons. They have a crew of three, a driver, a gunner, commander, two 35mm mm-hmm. Oricon autocannon, each with 320 rounds for anti-air ammunition and 20 rounds anti-tank ammunition. They have smoke grenade dischargers to provide them some protection. They have a maximum speed of uh, 65 kilometers an hour. That's 40 miles per hour for those people who speak, use proper speed uh, speed references.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And the first war they've ever been deployed in is the invasion. It is Ukraine. Their operational history militarily is the Russo-Ukrainian War. And the jeopards which Ukraine have, seem to be coming from, well, on twenty-six April 2022, the German government authorized um the company that owned them to transfer 50 Gepard anti-tank aircraft vehicles to Ukraine. They received the first three in July 2022. So if you think about that, July is not that long ago to get a new system, include it, and get it up to speed. Now, admittedly, you only have a crew of three, and you have a war going on. But you're going to you are going to work on that. They also have, um, if they're German, they have an S band search radar with 15 kilometer range and a tracking radar, which is a Ku band a KU band, 15 kilometre range, and a laser rangefinder as well. The ones which came from the Dutch will have an X-band search radar of 15 kilometres range and a KA band tracking radar of 13 kilometres range. So they're not the most... They're not really... They first entered service in 1976. So we are talking about something which is 46 years old? Then again,
2: phalanx came into service in
1: 1980. Yes. I I
2: don't
0: think anyone's... But again, it it, it proves that these weapon systems are good at doing the job that they were designed for. The Hmm. issue is that they were designed for a job specification that was set in the 1970s. And it's just as well that they are... Um, now finding themselves being put in the path of um, weapon systems also matching that and, 1970s job specification. Even if they are the the um, drones from Iran, they're just a cheap version of the 1970s cruise missile
2: specification. And well, let's Qatar face it, cru- actually the-
1: bought some specifically to defend the World Cup against possible drone attacks.
2: This, and let's face it, the subsonic low-altitude cruise missile is... You know, is something that goes back even before the 1970s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look at the the kind of the standard Western and surface-to-surface missile, anti-shipping missile these days, harpoon. It's a, it's contemporary with Gepard. It's a you know, it's a subsonic um, a surface attack missile, NSM, the the Norwegian one that the Royal Navy is buying. At the moment, is essentially the same mission profile, approximately the same performance, just a little bit more range. Um, yeah, you know, don't, don't forget it's Tomahawk. still fundamentally a subsonic cruise missile. Yeah, don't forget Tomahawk.
0: I mean, what's it's yep. still subsonic, it might be shiny and expensive and you know, uh, able to hit a, <laughs> hit a needle in <laughs> a haystack. Um, but it's still got to be able to get there, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, and I mean, the I think the, the there's two there's two ways that these missiles can go and you've got on the one hand just making them a lot faster so that the engagement time is minimized which is where your supersonics and your hypersonics come into play the flip side to that is that it's it's relatively difficult it's not impossible but it's relatively difficult to get a hypersonic low altitude weapon that's got any kind of substantial range because forcing your way through air that fast is quite difficult um and then you, you kind of have this equation of well if we come in at low altitude then the enemy only has this amount of engagement time based on the distance that they can detect mm-hmm. us over whatever terrain or horizon is in the way versus it's much easier to get up to hypersonic velocities at really high altitude. But of course, that means the line of sight for defense radars and such is considerably greater. But then if, are you moving fast enough that the engagement time is still reduced or not? Um, or do you they, just accept the fact you have to the, get in close? Which is why they're going for the glide vehicle hulls to, um, hmm. so
0: they can get the best of both worlds, get close yeah. to get, you know, get close to the target and then drop down low. Um, to try and minimise, as you say, that uh,
2: bubble of vulnerability, that
0: envelope of um, mm. risk.
2: The, um, the uh, other way that you can go about these kind of things is um, with, well, what the British call storm shadow, what the French call scalp, um, which is to retain your subsonic speed profile. So you can, you can maintain low altitude, you can maintain long range, but you can... Um, you use low observable technology to minimize the chance of being spotted even and engaged even at that low altitude and you've got you know the americans have done similar stuff with jassum and uh and so forth and other people are, be- are beginning to go that way as well i think nsm is partly low observable it certainly looks slightly less observable than harpoon but um it doesn't make and as many concessions to it as something like JASM or, or Storm Shadow does. And yet yet again, you're entering that death spiral
0: of expense to make the mm-hmm. thing less visible versus expense of improving your radar or uh, electro-optics or whatever it is you're using mm. to, to, to to detect it. Or
1: just upping um, the gun to a 40 50 millimeter. because I'm looking at a 35mm and I'm going... it's got roughly a four kilometer range Uh, because i've i I sort of was looking at this because thinking about all this and going yeah "Yeah, that's okay what's its range of engagement gonna be and of course this is a swiss built oricon system so it's and always remember those the, 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 the very much the swiss are very much in favor of armed neutrality it's the kind of neutrality which will stomp you down hard if you try and interfere with that neutrality People sometimes consider neutrality a version of weakness. Do not make that mistake with the Swiss. They will hurt you. Um, But no, I'm sort of looking it up, it's got a range, a ceiling of uh, 4,000... Effective firing range of... of, Well, effective ceiling firing range of 4,000 metres, etc. And you sort of of go, hmm, effective maximum range roughly Mm. 12,500 metres. So a 15 kilometre radar... And if you consider that's got firing range of twelve and a half thousand meters, okay, maybe it's been queued up by other systems, so it's now it's coming from a rough direction, but it's still pretty quick to swivel and mm. start firing, and to be able to get it, sort of engage, and it gives you quite a decent envelope think- for that terminal engagement. It gives you a chance, especially against drones.
0: I, again, you know we're looking at uh, a system here that was originally designed to protect armored formations on the move. Yeah, mm. um, that's not what it's doing here. Okay, they might have done that initially when they deployed them in Ukraine, but since that first wave of, um, shall we say, Blitzkrieg with the missiles a couple a week or so ago, where they sent in 100 missiles on a day to go after the um, Ukrainian uh, power plants and the like, mm. it's it's starting to sound as though they're redeploying not just the Gepets but whatever they have in that cap- capacity to take down, um, you know, incoming cruise missiles on the paths that those missiles are likely to take or have taken Mm. and okay so that's that 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 gives it that advantage It's, it's it's tracked okay it can move okay so it's a tank um but still uh so it can't move as far necessarily as a wheeled vehicle but hey it can still go from point a to point b you can very quickly establish flight, can flight move profiles. Over a lot
1: more interesting terrain than a wheeled vehicle necessarily can there are that's, some that's good true. wheeled vehicles these days but let's be honest yeah. in that generation tracks would definitely have an advantage on certain terrains.
0: A- and you can pretty quickly establish you know the flight flight profiles of of the ongoing attacks and then you can put your um um Gepard's um interception bubble mm. you know right at a junction point you know, it doesn't have to be right on the actual mm power plant itself to defend a power plant is what i'm saying is mm. Mm. You, you you will know you will pretty quickly figure out which um valleys your tomahawk is flying down or at least you know, or at least mm. where a couple of those valleys converge so that you know that you're going intercept multiple flight paths from
1: this one point and you if can, you put a couple they... of geppards there so they have mutual support because that's the other thing yeah. i'm sitting there looking at the picture going we're seeing one but there's more than like uh, in nicest way. You deploy them in batteries. So what are the odds that there's actually a pair sitting around there? Because it would be more sensible to have. And uh, you don't put all your eggs in necessarily in one basket, unless you're really stretched. Then you put one there. But if you can, you're going to put two.
2: But it's oh, I mean sure. it, yeah you've all you've also got to to bear in mind that you know the the principles of properly done air defence haven't really changed um exactly. since since exactly. you know world war ii mm-hmm. you know the, it, the you're basically looking at the same kind of network as you had um supporting the royal air force during the battle of britain you have your longer range radars that try and spot a threat that is gathering you have your, you have your observer corps exactly you have your you you ring in
0: the uh, we've just seen or heard <laughs> and you see we've seen plenty of videos of them mm. you know
2: of of cruise missiles zipping over the the um rooftops of farmhouses mm. yeah and mm-hmm. so you you have the same thing and whether that is you know it may be various radars it probably to be honest is also you know a bunch of soldiers sitting out in fields going ah I know that sound. <laughs> it doesn't and, and have to be even soldier sitting out of if you think about a laptop, it. just being able to put mm-hmm. in a registered entry. It's like, you know, and that will cue, cue people. And it's like, okay, well, this guy spotted a missile coming this way. And then 10 minutes later, well, this guy spotted a missile. And this one spotted me. Oh, if we draw a line, it looks like it's going from here to here. And its final destination is probably here. So let's us, point our guns in that direction. That'll
0: give us five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to um, deploy, you know, hmm. deploy the vehicle into, on the right side of the power plant, you know, um, it'll give you that time to, you know, to get the guys out of the lunch break.
2: Hmm. And if it is a calibre, <laughs> it can literally just also be a case of if we know it's coming in on, let's say, roughly northeast bearing just point the guns at you know thirty degrees up and on a northeast bearing to start with, that saves you two or three seconds of the gun swiveling round. And if it is, you know, a caliber coming in at six hundred miles an hour or whatever, it that might actually make all the difference between getting ten rounds off or three rounds off, which exponentially exactly. increases your chances of hitting something. Uh, you um, don't even need the people because if you consider with the oh
1: what's the the Tesla guys satellite system. Starlink. Or... Starlink. You could have well, for want of a better phrase, a webcam with a battery and a satellite sitting on a hill. And that could see what's going past it. You don't need a person mm. up there. You can literally just have the webcam. So it's so, st- still cha- so chain to trust... home. So yeah, chain I...
2: home could be a string of eight <laughs> K webcams. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd still prefer to trust a person though, because um
1: well, you probably want to have a few people, but it's a very easy way of force multiplying, isn't it, by actually having some webcams as well up there.
2: Maybe my only my only issue is you're then relying on AA or oh, no, sorry, on AI recognition of what's going on. Not necessarily. Can, if you have can, the images sitting, if me, you consider from a security they... perspective, you can have all the screens on display and you could be
1: watching them go. Oh. <laughs> yeah is, but is, again, again
2: again this is the problem if you have, have someone watching two dozen screens mm. um the field of view of most cameras is significantly less than the human eye and the audio pickup of mo- of 99.9% of cameras is awful compared to the human ear mm. and if you've got a, if you've got like i don't know a 80 degree or 110 even 110 degree field of view and a missile goes zip past you All it takes is for the guy watching the TV screens to be looking at another screen for two seconds, and he's missed it. Um, And AI image recognition is good, but I, I personally wouldn't trust it, and unless you've, unless certainly not as a cheap system. Perhaps if you, you know, if you know that there's particular landscape features which you know missiles are probably going to scoot around because they don't want to come over a ridge and be visible at two thousand feet. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Oh, well, there's this valley, and we know yeah. that you know lots of missiles have been using this valley to get to travel down to avoid uh, radar detection. Then maybe you could get a really high spec camera coupled to a fairly powerful AI image recognition system and set it up there. But even then, you're relying on there being decent light, you know if if there's fog one day or it's nighttime, Everything can start to go a bit kaput until you, unless you stick even more expensive and even more powerful thermal imaging camera or something on there. Whereas, you know, people, let's face it, are relatively cheap. Stick a stick a guy in a in a relatively you know decent Arctic rated tent, and he can just sit there and go, "Yep, that's a missile." <laughs> so, so who would think that in 2022 here we are advocating the Mark One Eyeball? Yeah, well, the Mark One Eyeball, I'm and not the Mark surprised, actually
0: well yeah you know, they work. As, as you say, it, it works and when you've got a system that you understand so thoroughly as we do when it comes to mm. cruise missiles um then i'm sure it, i'm sure it's a lot cheaper to feed that um mark one eyeball and uh, give them some arctic rated clothing mm. than it would to um be to set up a, an entire network of um you know ultra sensitive Radars, slash optics, slash AI interpretive networks yeah. um, to, to to do the job. I mean, you know, why not just strap a 4K um, camera to the guy's head so that when he's whisks mm. his head around, yeah, <laughs> he, mm. um, he, you know, he he just catches it in his field of view. So and yeah, you know, uh, yeah. that gives you that so that gives you that three seconds or half a second worth of footage mm. through which which you can process and you know in three seconds time and say well. Yeah, you know, on reviewing that footage, yes, we can confirm that this is a you know, a T Lamb and it's traveling um at, at, on such and such a
2: bearing at such and such a speed. You, you mm. can get that just from a a handful of frames. So yeah. yeah. The other thing which I'll also point out is that um we we've talked previously on here about the idea of having you know 35, 40, 57 millimeter CIWS instead of the current 20 millimeter standard. Mm -hmm. And apart from the fact that, obviously, you know, it's Gepard that's managed to pull off this kill, whatever it's shot down, Um, you've got the, at least in public, um, and so take it all with a pinch of salt, but the publicly stated maximum effective range of a phalanx is about a kilometre and a half. The effective range of a Gepard is about five and a half kilometres. So you're looking at about three times the effective distance for a 35 millimetre cannon as opposed to a 20 mil cannon. Which means three times as long to engage your target, three times as many chances to down your target, and of course, being a thirty-five millimeter round, it's you know, if you score one or two hits, it's more likely to do something than a twenty millimeter round. Even and that's proximity hit, even a proximity hit from, from a forty 70s. millimeter is going to do
1: more damage than a twenty millimeter.
2: Yeah, but if you you scale that up to uh, you know the forties and the fifty sevens, that's just your range increases still further.
0: Uh, and, and this is coming at a time where they're looking at putting phalanxes on the back of uh, vehicles for the U.S. Army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, look. I mean, you know, it does make sense if you're wanting something fast, proven, and reliable to defend your armored column. Uh, the 1970s doctrine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yes. You know, the point is, the point is, is that you do need something reliable oh, to I... defend your armored column. Um, it's just that if you have the Gepard you can change its mission halfway through a conflict to defend your the lines of approach to your power plants, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, whereas your um, flanks, you would probably have to cluster them around the power plants. Um, at, you know, you'd have to pull them back a, a hell of a lot further for them to be effective. And
1: the U.S. Army used to have, and they entered service in 1985, I think they were looking at them, uh, produced by ford aerospace the self-propelled sergeant york
2: which had twin 40 millimeter and then promptly tried to blow up the stand of you know uh brass that were watching the demonstration <laughs> <laughs> Look, that would get it you cancelled pretty quickly
1: that it? will get you cancelled pretty, pretty quickly but you know it but mm-hmm. the thing is they were developing that and Honestly, that would have been a very useful vehicle to have around about now.
2: Yeah, looks ugly. Prefer the Gepard. Yeah, Yeah, well, the the Gepard is more likely to engage things that you actually want it to engage in rather than...
0: (laughs) But, but, you know, this this being said, I I, I guess the reason why we haven't uh, heard anything about the Russian equivalent, the, the Tungasa, Mm. Uh, which is basically, as I said, a, a with a newer version Gepard with uh, the short-range missiles. Is it? Well, I suppose, yeah. You know, um, a, they don't want to admit what they have done or haven't done. But B, I suppose um, we wouldn't be seeing a lot of cruise missiles being f- flying out of Ukraine or, or from one point of Ukraine into another point of Ukraine, would you? Well, um,
1: I think the more interesting issue is that um, Ukraine's. Um, had 70 of them as of 2012 and have captured some off the German after <clears throat> captured some off the Russians. Sorry, I spent I was recording a Soviet German video on World War II this morning, so yeah, uh, that caused fun. Um, uh, I misspeak there, but um, I think the thing is, the uh, Tunguska, I, I, I think possibly they've been doing quite well in ukrainian service but i think the russians might have lost quite a few of them Yes,
0: yeah, uh, so there was a fair bit of footage of them they, they, they
1: had 250 in 2012 not quite sure how many of those were still operational mm-hmm. considering recent in details about and of course one of our people we've had on the channel trent Telenko, has been doing all sorts of things about russian um tire maintenance and the issues that's caused with their vehicle operation and leaving that to one side, the fact uh, that not quite sure how many of the Russian ones are actually don't know what well, operational are still around because I I think they were they' they're covered under the uh, funny looking systems direction of anti tank operators which is if we see something which looks weird we take it out because that's usually a specialist system and therefore that's even more difficult to replace so engineering vehicles anti air vehicles anything which looks like a fuel bowser is target numero uno for anyone with an anti tank missile launcher well and...
2: I, I i think the 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 other thing you've got to remember though is um you know as i've said before we are only really getting a we're getting a sanitized side what we're getting one side of the story for the most part from the the current war and it's a heavily sanitized version they're not going to reveal classified information and if things go wrong and when things don't work they're also not going to tell us because it is still a propaganda war and of course the, the the russian side is very unlikely to want to say anything much about its successes to the west and because of you know of, of the way the war has squared up most of russian media is verboten in the west anyway so um and of course they're throwing out as, as much propaganda as they can as well so you know we don't when it comes to the effectiveness of the russian air defense systems we don't know how well they've done we, um, we, we can we can infer it however because mm.
0: it is generally well established and reported that nobody has uh aerial dominance of the battlefield yes that, yeah. um, that, that um the ukrainian helicopter helicopters have just as much difficulty as the russian helicopters the yep. ukrainian frogfoots um mm-hmm. ground attack aircraft have just as much difficulty as the as the russians so um it it implies to me that the air defense system and of which tunguska is a part mm-hmm. it's not the only part of course you've got the other missiles is still you know doing its basic job which is you know let's protect our um, it's, vehicles it's- from from you know a, a a conventional air threat now the different the the, the area that we can't define is the the new air threat, which is the cruise slash drone missiles, and I, I just can't see any reason why a Tungasa would be any worse than a, um, a a Gepard.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, assuming everything's working as intended, they should be doing just as good a job. And I think, I think, I think, yeah, again, a lot of it is inference rather than rather than what we can directly prove. But you know, early on in in the conflict, we saw. Uh, lots of footage from uh, various ukrainian drones um you know tb2s etc etc um that's kind of all dried up yes <laughs> uh, i haven't has. seen any of that for a while so um you know it it, it would seem it, again inferring from what we haven't seen yeah. um it would seem possibly that whilst yes there was a lot of broken down equipment and a lot of stuff that went horrifically wrong for the russians in the opening stages of the war which led to all these captures and everything um and obviously things aren't exactly going brilliantly for them at the moment either uh but but for lack of a better term it, it would seem that whoever's left out there has at least remembered how to turn the things on <laughs> Yes. E- even if yes. you set them to automatic engagement mode. And again, um, although we can't necessarily prove it 100%, we have, of course, had reports of, um, you know, at least on the Russian side, possibly even on the Ukrainian side of aircraft being shot down by their own side. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they both use the same aircraft <laughs> doesn't really help. It's like, what are you going to shoot? MiG-29s and Su-27s and Su-25s. Well, great. We're both flying them. Fantastic. So you can't say shoot this kind of aircraft because that's that's what everyone's got. But also, um, you know, at the very, very basic level, a lot of the more modern air defense systems will usually have some form of automatic engagement mode, which is you mm-hmm. you detect something, you kill it. So that that's probably also contributing to to the fact that there isn't really an air superiority going on on either side because yes. anything that tries to drop below a certain altitude just gets shot at by everybody <laughs> because <laughs> at the end at the end of the day, if you see something vaguely sukhoi shaped stooping out of the sky, are you going to take do. the risk that it's friendly? <laughs> Well, you know, again, as you said, it's
0: World War II scenario over again, isn't it? Mm. What's What's although, changed? Yeah. Well, it's well, gone well, from being it's gone from being a um, a, a, a piloted monoplane to a um mm. auton- to a remote operated or yeah. semi autonomous um you know, yeah.
2: Although I, I I do kind of wonder at some point if um some of the some of the stuff that lessons that are coming out of the current conflict are perhaps going to be slightly skewed or slightly off compared to what the real lesson is purely because we've got this mirror matching of like equipment because if you've if you've got mm. if, if these air defense systems have onboard targeting databases and so forth i'm pretty sure the you know the both well the, the ukrainians have a lot of ex-soviet stuff so it's going to be pretty much the same as the russians are pretty much a lot of those databases will be configured with this is what an f-16 looks like this is what a tornado looks like this is what a um an f-15 or a grippen or whatever looks like shoot these down and avoid shooting down migs and Sukhois. so and 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 you know the flip side will be on the in the western stuff but for a lot of the ukrainian and russian stuff they're probably going to have to be disabling those systems or just flipping them on to kill everything that moves which is going to have a a very different uh, profile of losses and engagements as compared to if they were working as intended against the people they were designed against which may also to a certain degree explain why the western air supplied air defense systems seem to be having a reasonable degree of success not perhaps necessarily because they're dramatically more advanced than what the ukrainians already had and had remaining after the Russians had finished their first few weeks of strikes, but potentially because they're just able to go they're They're, they're engaging the things they were always designed to engage.
1: It does yeah. help you when your target you were expecting turns up in the place you were expecting it to be and does what you expected it to do. It hmm. does make life a lot easier. Uh, you, hmm. you, you cannot argue with that as a policy. If you can arrange for wars to be fought like that, where hmm. the target you're expecting turns up in the place that you're expecting and does what you expect it to do. You are um, think, a very happy commander, as a rule.
0: Well, yes, I suppose, and mm. you know, it's not like um, the Ukrainians have been, you know, throwing F-16s, no, or or, or A-10s at the Russians either. So, yeah, it's it, it is a bit of a skewed advantage there, I suppose, you know, in terms of the mm. automatic um, recognition. But okay, I'm, so I'm sure that to... there's
2: so much data being generated there, it's going to keep reams of analysts happy for the rest of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> to, sure. to change topics completely, hmm. because something's literally just
1: come up in my feed while I was talking to you. The Wavel Room, which is a British discussion point and has some interesting ideas on it sometimes, and sometimes some ideas which I look at and go, are we quite sure? Um Has an article on it which says basically argues that the British armed forces should be more Italian. And I would like to say officially to them, thank you and welcome to the argument which Bill Trumps has been making for about a year and a half. Mm. (laughs) Um, The Italian Navy, as we all know, manages to get funding and procurement and is doing quite well of its numbers of vessels. Now, yes, there are not everything is right, but. I honestly think if you told me and Drac that if all we had to do would be walk across some hot coals and HMS Albion Ocean and Bulwark would all be replaced... Even though Ocean's already gone, but all three will be replaced with Trieste-style ALHDs, modified a little bit for raw Navy needs, but basically that I think um, me and Drac would probably both be um, how do I put this politely, taking our shoes off, socks off, and preparing to do the quickest walking across hot coals known to mankind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In well, fact, I mean, that's, we would walk something... across
1: so quickly, people would say we'd have to go back, just to prove we'd done it, because we'd be I mean, so keen on it.
2: We, we, we have kind of mentioned this in the past i think in the last episode or the episode before Mm -hmm. you know how just batch buying something like a bunch of triestes would solve an awful lot of issues when it comes to both uh the amphibious task group and the um support ships etc etc just you know block by block by a bunch of them and just use them interchangeably it's not exactly you know, it's not exactly rocket science. So no,
1: and they also come very helpfully with a ski ramp and a flight deck, which can take some F thirty five Bs if, if, for some reason, both your carriers are not available to be in that spot at that time, and you need a little bit of air support. You know that, that that's a kind of useful asset to have.
2: Yeah, it's it's yeah you know, the. <sighs> The, the Italians have managed to do quite a lot of things correct um and they you know that's they, that doesn't that isn't just the Triestes I mean they've got um they've got a couple of air defense destroyers that uh, look v- very similar to the type 45s because of course they' horiz- they're ultimately Horizon class which is the program that Britain dropped out of and went its own way with the type 45. They're a bit smaller. There is a um,
1: reason the British did go, drop out of the, the Horizon project, yeah. and it wasn't necessarily stupid for the British things, but I do sometimes... I did have an interesting conversation with Italian, which was basically, well, you dropped out, and that meant we lost the
2: arguments to the French. But the, the, the flip went, side is... Well, you should have the, dropped
1: out with us. the flip side is keep the, the French out.
2: The, 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 the Horizons, theoretically, actually probably have a slightly more capable point defence because yes, they Yes, thanks to their um, so guns. Thanks to their guns, and and unless and until the the Treasury coughs up and actually pays for the um, additional cells to go in the, the second gym space on the Type 45, the Horizons actually have exactly the same missile capability, the forty. Well, they are slowly over. inserting
1: them, aren't they? They're getting them off the Type 23s and sticking them in there. I,
2: I will believe it when I see it. One's actually in the process of having it done, is it? Well, as I said, I'll believe it when I see it. The the <laughs> Treasury uh, the with with the when it comes to the UK Treasury, believe nothing until you have the, the final invoice <laughs> and receipt signed in triplicate <laughs> and the object physically in your possession. <laughs> well, the, only thing uh, the, the fact treasury that you believe really it then things. worries me. <laughs> the treasure, the Treasury isn't isn't particularly good at giving out money, and it's not even particularly good at collecting money from anyone who can actually fight back. Uh,
1: yes which is why i have an accountant because they do the fighting for me and our mean the,
2: the, tra- the treasury is good at exploiting the general the general common working man or woman um but as soon as you're any kind of significant business with lawyers that they won't take a lot of money away from you they're not competent enough but in any case <laughs> um
1: Oh god, this is seriously turning into a bad. A- speaking, discussion. speaking of
2: other treasury, uh, yeah, you treasury went, I went away, up. and
1: it was we were talking about the Italian navy. Now we're talking no. about the British treasury. Well, yeah. so well, was, this
2: well bit... <laughs> speaking about further further issues with the treasury, they've uh, they've decided that they're not going to be funding the Type 32s for a little bit.
1: Yes, but as we already sort of mentioned, that that to a extent makes sense. Because let's be honest, the Type 32s were always going to be Batch 2 Type 31s, no matter what anyone else was pretending. The idea, some people were actually pretending that Raw Navy was going to get a third type of frigate in service. I was sitting there going, really? No, it'll be a modified Type 31. It will be. Why? Because BAE will be busy doing the Type 26. And maybe we end up building more of those. There's all sorts of discussions depending on what the, Soviets are get, the Russians are getting up to. Sorry, I keep calling the Soviets again. Uh, again, sorry, I was recording early hours of this morning mm-hmm. the Soviet ep- uh, Soviet video for Friday, which actually I now probably won't use and probably record again. But leaving that to one side, um, the thing is, the odds are, the, Ru- the Russians are playing s- the things up again in the high north and are doing more submarine work, and the odds are we're going to need some more, uh, more sub-hunters, because... The thing is, eight made sense when you thought you were just escorting the carriers around the world and you also only need one for the ballistic missile submarine and to do the stuff in the UK. Now you're looking at it going, well, hang on, we might need to generate more than three on a regular basis. Uh, more than three on a regular basis. Okay, so we're going to need more than eight, probably. And if you need more than eight of those, then you're probably, uh, let's be honest, there's only one builder who's potential for the Type 31 which uh, well builder is the the only builder potentially for the type thirty two is the builders of the type thirty one, and they're going to go.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, my my only concern with all of this is that this kind of we're still committed to the program, but we're not putting any money into it right now is not exactly an unknown treasury trick. It's first, yes. it's yes, we're going to have the program, and then it's. Well, actually, you know, we're going to cut the program down a little bit, but we're still paying for it. Um, then it's, uh, oh no, we we uh we're, we're going to. We didn't, um,
0: didn't we tell you we we cancelled that?
2: No, we're we're going we're going to we still want to do the program, but we're not paying for it at right this minute. Yeah. And then after a while, when everyone's kind of forgotten about the program for for a bit because nothing's happened, they're like, oh well, since nobody really cared about it, we might as well just cancel it. It, it's it's almost the um, you know the, it's almost the yes prime minister way of dealing with problems except as applied on, to financial uh, financial matters um, and that they've also dropped the funding for the MRSS that that multi-role support ship that they were we which is
1: really then. actually kind of problematic considering the number of data cables under the water under the water and the, mm-hmm. where, uh, how dependent we are on those
2: yeah and they're also, you have
1: they're to not, wonder not why they've any... done that dropping because that's they're really
2: not, not smart they're also not putting any money at the moment into type eighty three design concepts, which okay, maybe yeah, right doesn't now Doesn't yours doesn't yours cover all that? Well, yes, yes but we're not that. being paid by the Treasury. <laughs> Who cares? Yes. Maybe that maybe that's why they've dropped the maybe that's why <laughs> exactly. they've dropped the funding. They've They're heard like, that oh, you we'll and I, Drak, are doing instead. a
1: design study. Why pay for one when we, the two experts that are naval <laughs> historians enthusiastic, are doing it for them?
2: You yeah, know, well the but the but probably the, the, the
1: first sea lord has turned around to Treasury Gun. We can save that budget. Don't worry. Dr. Clark and Drack are doing that. We don't need to worry, it'll be done. We'll just buy whatever they tell us to.
2: But I mean, look, looking at the news article in question, I I think this is the usual Treasury shenanigans because you look at the land stuff, um, whether it's boxes, MLRS systems, recovery vehicles. They've approved like 80, 90 percent of the purchases, but not all mm-hmm. of them, which again is it's the it's the same treasury trick of, you know, yes, you asked for this, but we're only going to give you 60 to 80 percent of what you asked for. Um, and uh, with the A400s, the you know the the thing that's supposed to be replacing the C130s, which are going out of service at a rather rapid rate, They're saying, oh, we're not going to buy any more A400s. Um, The Royal Air Force just has to um, look at improving availability rates of the ones they've got already. Do more (laughs) with less. Because, yeah, that's never gone horrifically, terribly, awfully wrong before. So...
1: I do so, wonder so in where, other words, where did the Treasury get their degree in strategic security studies? You know, because they, they they do exercise a lot of control. They they spend a lot of their time seen to second guessing the Ministry of Defense, the Foreign Office, the mm. office of the prime minister, the office of national security, everyone. Uh, but they uh, can agree on something, put a plan to them and the Treasury will turn around and go, no, 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 that's not what you need.
2: It's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll increase the availability of the existing ones. It's like, well, great. But if you look at the number of A 400s that. Um, and
1: also, that they we've, must have advanced got... degrees in engineering, advanced degrees, and a, a lot of practical knowledge to be able to say you can increase the availability of aircraft, advanced degrees in strategy studies, a lot of experience. Honestly. Um, and I here was me thinking the Treasury were mainly a large group of economists and accountants, but obviously they really do know what they're talking about on other subjects
2: well I mean the 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 um the other the the, the thing the other thing you've got to remember is increasing the availability of a few smaller number of aircraft basically translates to oh we're going to run this relatively small fleet of aircraft right into the ground by using them a lot more than they're supposed to be used on a given in a given time period.
1: Which means we're going to need to replace them sooner.
2: Yes. Which is yeah. just...
0: Uh... But, that's, but that won't happen uh, because the aircraft that you need to get available more often are those um, IOC, initially Operation Capability, F-35s. And, well, there's a queue a mile long already for spare parts of that thing from everywhere from Norway to Australia. Yeah. So unless you're prepared to bid higher to get those spare parts to increase your availability then um well yeah i can't really see that happening but you see that ends up being a saving doesn't it It, 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 you point to that as saying well we we're going to spend all this extra money on improving the availability of the royal air force's um f-35s
2: it didn't happen so therefore we've saved x million dollars yeah, And then We'd and then win. when it comes time to actually shift any large amount of stuff via air, they'll be like, oh, yes, well, you know, we have six available aircraft or some other absurdly low number. I mean, I think we're supposed to have about a couple of dozen A400s, something like that. So of those, you maybe have a dozen actually ready to go. And then all of a sudden people will be jumping up and down going, why can't we transport an entire armored division across the world in four days? It's like, because you physically can only fit so many people in 12 aircraft <laughs> that th- th- it's it's just you know it's that's the way logistics works um which i mean i don't know if you get them in australia um but in the uk there was a whole series of adverts about the good dumb the good dumb balance i can't remember uh, who, I who uh or this was it the smart dumb balance i can't remember who was the uh um the company that actually ran those ads. Um that that I think it was cup of soup or pot noodle or something like that. Um a while clever ago. dumb
1: balance. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh yeah anyway. clever that's it clever the yeah the clever dumb balance um but the Basically, it's kind of like for ev- it's almost it's almost like a you know, Newton's one of Newton's laws of motion. For every good every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And the principle mm-hmm. was like for every clever thing that someone does, so that someone else will do something equally stupid. And for <laughs> a short while, it looked like the the government, the UK government at least, was doing some clever things in you know actually looking at the fact that there's a, a literally a war on and. Uh, other threats are rising as well and they're like oh we must we must actually you know have a military that in some way shape or form has the a sufficient amount of equipment to deal with these threats and it was like yay that that's clever yes but we now, now, have the, now the dumb stuff back in is...
1: charge in charge of the uh, in charge of the government
2: yeah now now the dumb stuff is um coming home to roost
1: well, well, that's the, uh, that, the eternal
2: uh, cycle of you know. But, but yeah, we'll every minute oh, no, that, one. That's there cost is money. this
1: thing, and Jamie can tell me if the Australians are similar. But every minister ends up being, to an extent, captured by the ministry they work with. In the Treasury, that is always the strongest of anything because that's the most powerful because you control the finances. So you basically can control everyone. You're to an extent a mini prime minister already, and. Whenever you have a Chancellor end up as Prime Minister, you end up with things getting cut because they know the price of everything and the value of nothing.
0: (laughs) But at the same time, though, when you've got a a government that's uh, at war with itself, uh, these things tend to happen anyway. Um, And I think we've seen a bit of that um, in the the not-so-distant past in Australia and uh, um, quite a lot recently in the UK.
1: Yeah.
0: So, you know, again, you know, it's... Democracy is the worst possible system until you compare it to the others, as a famous bloke once
1: said. Yes, and I, I, I do have fun comparing it to the others because the amount of times I get, oh, sir, this is the one trouble I have, will admit with, and please note, Listeners, this is a personal thing I'm saying. This is not Bill Trump's line. This is a personal thing. <laughs> but I'm fairly, hang I on, might be, I, I don't think I'm going to be, I don't think I'm going too far off the speech when I say to my colleagues, one of the troubles of being as involved in defense and interested in defense as I am is the amount of people who then turn up and they feel to think, you know, you, you must support a really macho president you or prime minister you must want a really macho one who really strong man doesn't take anything and you therefore must like putin or someone like that and you're going no i really don't in fact putin looks like a twit to me so i'm saying this is all from me not my colleagues so if the russian you know, hitmen bet... come out please know you don't
0: have to engage them uh look i'm already banned from visiting well i'm already on the, the russian um persona non grata list you can find my name there
1: Mm-hmm. Oh good! Oh, where is the list? Can I check if my name's on there yet?
0: <laughs> well, I've, I've only got the Australian version, but uh, oh,
1: um, oh, I'm
0: sure that I'm sure the link will probably go to the provide you with access to the the um, the UK one. But look, I mean, I know what you're saying, and you know, everyone each for their own. I mean, this, this is this is the problem why we keep measuring politics. This is the problem with measuring politics with a system that was invented in what 1768. It, you know the whole concept of left and right of the house applied quite well during the French Revolution but you know the modern world is much more of a four-dimensional um, kind of environment where you've also got up down backwards forwards not to mention the entire color spectrum from red through to <coughs> through to, through to green and um, and on top of that you've got to add the influence of time so you know um, time, if you actually pay attention to it will actually reveal um quite a a bit of information you know quite a bit of perspective about the likes of your strong man and how they usually end up splat on their face
1: throughout history it's it's gonna sound sorry it's like i spent a lot of time in history and there used to be these politicians who when the facts said one thing would support one thing but when the facts changed they got more evidence they would change their opinion and say, right, and no, we don't agree with this anymore. We're going to do it this way. And that was considered a good thing. Yet nowadays that's considered ter- a U-turn and you're not supposed to do that in politics because that looks bad. Yeah. So well, basically yeah. we've turned okay. our politicians into infants well, because or it's I'd, only children or, who or do I'd, not change their I'd, mind I'd, when I'd, the evidence it's, changes.
0: It's either that or the ideology has taken um, is taking precedence over the pragmatism. I think there's a bit of both of it there.
2: Well, I, 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 as you know, my opinion of politicians generally... <laughs> we, I know. They, look, what we, look, what we've done,
0: look what we've done, Dr. Clark. We've fired him up. We've fired him up. The, the, the,
2: they're most, they're it wouldn't be a that,
1: Christmas special without a rack describe of politicians' To describe
2: most politicians as living in the gutter would be a compliment and a step up from my normal standard of opinion on them, but I think the short Hey, you, you design gutters. It's an insult to gutters. Gutters have rats. <laughs> rats, rats are relatively social, sociable animals, and relatively competent and well organized, um, and surprisingly and, and, yes, clean as well. Rules. They have yeah, rules. Yeah, they have. They have rules, and they tend to follow them. Um, but the uh, no, the, the I think that the short form, as I've may have mentioned before, on, on bilge pumps is for me is our current and the last few generations of politicians have largely only ever been politicians yeah they've they've come out of high school or gone into university and they've studied politics they've then gone to intern for politicians they've become councillors and then local MPs and then worked their way up into the higher echelons of government and all they ever know how to do is to be a politician. That's why, when you get... Speaking
1: as the former local councillor on this one, actually, the Mm. amount of politics involved in local council is minimal. Anyone who tries to run local council according to political ideologies is cruising for an absolute self-destruction. It is the way to muck things up. Local council is about pragmatic solutions to
2: sensible problems. Boarding council was run very politically by its various councillors.
1: And... Groden Council has gone bankrupt how many times?
2: Three, possibly it's four. Now,
1: it's now reached a, 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 a heretofore unknown level of bankruptcy.
2: By the, t- uh, by the time, yes. by the time this episode actually goes out, they may even have gone bankrupt a fifth time. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> it takes skill to be as bankrupt as Groden Council currently is. Mm. But no, it, it, especially when you get to the higher echelons, I think it really shows, and that's, I think that's why when you occasionally get somebody go into politics from having had an actual real job they you know they appear to be insanely magically competent
0: you know they, that's why they, the knives they, come out
2: yeah they they you may on, on balance if, if you look at like their complete record or even their record in whatever work they were doing before they may not necessarily have been top of their their career i mean if they were the absolute top of their their sort of previous employment they may well still have been in that employment that's you know or or who knows they may have come into politics on a matter of principle although i struggle to conceive of principles and politicians in the same room Um, but nevertheless you know that just by having a perspective of reality filtering in they they become you know the, the the same voice in the room. I mean, but like in the last U.S. Congress, you had the the ex U.S. Navy Congresswoman who was literally having to explain how the U.S. Navy was. I still cannot you know, believe
1: but... she is no longer a member of Congress. I yeah. do not but know
0: she what got, she happened got replaced. To the American... She got replaced by another former Navy
2: yeah. woman. Though. But, but you know when when mm. she's when she was having to explain to other Congress people here is how the navy works look i've drawn you a pretty picture with no more than six words and some fancy lines and this is kind of the level of things that she was having to stoop to to get the other politicians to understand that life is not entirely about political ideologies and occasionally reality intrudes you know it's it sums it all up really I, i'm just waiting for the day when um one of the ex servicemen in the House of Commons just stands up with a similar with a flip with a similar flip chart and a bunch of Crayolas, and it's like, "Right, you lot, this is how tempt things Johnny actually Don't Johnny Mercer;
1: work. he would do it. Okay, You're... do not put that idea. Johnny Mercer is the type of person who would do that without on, any hesitation. Can we can constituency...
0: we fund, can we do a uh, a GoFundMe to provide him with the, with the crayons to do
2: it? <laughs> which constituent? What's it? What is he? Are his constituents? Oh, I know people in Plymouth. Yes, I can get someone to I, send know, a constituents' letter women. to him. Yeah, I I would pay good money. And a money box of crayons. Yeah, I'll I'll send him the Crayolas myself just for the <laughs> laugh.
1: <laughs> having met him a couple of times he would actually do it His, it, 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 I, I i'm not sure i think he's managed to avoid being on the defense select committee because he honestly thought it would make him so depressed he would end up doing something to himself <laughs> I, I seem to remember him saying that at one point but i'm not sure if he did actually end up on the away uh, from local
0: politics yeah we, okay we've had our end of year rant for politics. politics yes, yes. we have now what's our we end have. of year subject
1: oh end of year subject well there are we, we could talk about the few uh, we could talk about our predictions for next year what do we think is going to happen
0: but yes there yes. Again, it's why not kind of hey look it, we, it, we are bilge pumps we are supposed to spout bilge so i mean yes. normally you would say that if you're any kind of expert the last thing you would do is make a prediction we're definitely not experts so therefore we can predict away as much as we want
2: yeah okay and- well uh- and my we, my top know, three uh, predictions for twenty twenty three are going to be, um, firstly, uh, well, let's see. Firstly, we will actually complete our type eighty three paper and get it submitted. Mm-hmm. So that's my yes. that's what that's that's the prediction that might actually come true because I have a degree of control over it. Um, yeah, we
1: might actually do that.
2: Uh, second prediction is that at least one more major surface combatant is going to get hit, possibly sunk in the Black Sea, which is going to cause everybody to probably do a massive shift in their opinion very quickly before everybody knows what actually happened, the same way as the sinking of Moskva suddenly had a whole bunch of people waving their hands around, declaring the era of the large surface warship was over. Um, and my third major prediction is that... In twenty twenty three, at least one major surface warship from a major Western surface navy is going to have a horrifically embarrassing mechanical failure. Um Wait, Prince of Wales. Oh no, that was this year's. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Someone else's turn now. <laughs> Which mm, will probably okay. be to do probably be to do with either cost cutting or political, as the US would call it, pork barreling when it comes to where the contracts end up. Um, if um, somebody manages to slightly overcrank the emails on the USS Ford and fire an F 35 into the next dimension, um, that will be the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah. And yours, Dr. Clark?
1: I think you should go first, Jamie. Before no, we... oh, you suggested it,
0: eh? uh, yeah, but you see, I, I suggested it to dodge it. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, I personally think that we probably won't be seeing much in the way of um, surface combatants in the Black Sea because I think um, the embarrassment factor has happened and they are at the moment looking for whatever fjord they can um, scuttle their ships to and start firing off with the smoke canisters as possible as we've seen in previous uh, conflicts. So and i also suspect that um even if they continue to attempt to do so that they will find a way to get some kind of drone whether it is a an air drone or a or a sea drone or a subsea drone to um at least get in there to scare the to scare the pants off of them it may be not necessarily sink anything but uh, you know that's already happened i suppose hasn't it they've sent the um, russian fleet up the creek and um the, the, the drones still manage to follow them and um, we're seeing today um you know, it's, it's, drone strikes, well, eh, a strike of some kind against the strategic bombers of, of Russia. Um, you know, drone is a good weight, is, is a good coverall to distract the fact that you might have special forces on the ground. But I think we'll be seeing some, if not uh, a Moskova kind of incident, but definitely more of the incidents where very valuable behind the... Uh, Frontline assets of the Russian Federation find themselves in pieces. But um, navally, look, I think, you know, I think, unfortunately, with the way that um, economies are going, inflations are going, but more so than that, just the complete lack of skilled workforce around the world or the Western world in particular, that we're we're going to see more projects get trimmed harder for multiple reasons. And one of those reasons, the main reason will ultimately be, A, we can't find the workforce, and B, the workforce we need is going to be ridiculously expensive because we've neglected them for so long that now that we need all these extra frigates, all these extra destroyers, uh, all these extra submarines, you know, Australia is still talking about its... Um, nuclear powered submarines well you know the reason why we have to build them ourselves is because nobody else can build them they're all too busy themselves are we going to be able to get the um, skills to do a good job well you know watch this space I suppose
1: Hmm. you see I have a different thinking of what the thing that's going to happen in the Black Sea is from both of you both of you are concentrating on surface ships And I think the Ukrainians think they've got all the mileage they can get from hunting down the surface ships. And I think there is something which the Russians are feeling very secure in and they're relying on and they're sending out a lot and doing a lot of work with, and that's their SSKs. And I think the Ukrainians have already had things where their colonel in charge of their anti submarine warfare aircraft, I think he, he got killed operating because the Ukrainians were trying so hard to take out these subs. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ukrainians try and figure out a way to use their drones or something to try and take out one of the subs, which I think will cause a whole new thing because uh, the Moskva, it's a kind of return to an old theme of, oh, surface ships, they can't fight; be they're not viable for modern warfare. No, no, no. We've been hearing that since, I don't know, 1920s, there have been variations of that coming out. Um all sorts of people have tried that one since 1920s and surface warships are still around because pound for pound they are cost effective but i think the thing which would be a truly horrifying for people is this the first time a crude submarine doesn't even have to be sunk just gets damaged enough it has to surface and then gets captured or something that's going to cause can we just imagine what that would cause around what the thing about australia Think about all their debates. Think about what they go. Oh, we're going to spend all this money on nuclear submarines and then this will happen to them. Why are we spending money on submarines? I can hear the Australian Green Party already. I can hear their sonorous declarations.
0: Well, I, I, I can hear our local um, think tank going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do- drop the subs and go and buy the um, stealth bombers.
1: Yeah, they they want the B-21s, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's what they want. Oh, good yeah. God. Well, at least they are they the same think tank that keeps wanting to refight the battle of Britain over Indonesia.
0: <laughs> the, the, the point is, is that um you know you can at least roll a B twenty one out onto the tarmac every now and again, if, even if you have to drag it using a, a rope and a couple of strong men um, to show off in front, you know, in front of the cameras. Um, it's a bit harder to, to do so with, with a sub tied up at a
1: wharf. It is, and my next thing is. Okay, so Finland and Sweden are joining NATO. Russia at the moment is currently reinforcing well, we the don't Kuri know Island. Turkey still got a, uh, Turkey and Hungary have still got a veto, haven't they? Yeah, they're gonna they're not gonna veto it. That that, that they've been told there would be issues. I've heard strong rumour strong, strong information coming forward that they have been told if they veto there will be problems for them. And it will be bad problems. And it's the case of there there are times when you do this and there are times when you don't. And so they will join. Uh, At which point, Russia's already putting anti-ship missiles on the Kuri Islands across from Japan, I think. Mm, Yes. Which is are annoying japan so i wouldn't be surprised if russia tries to do something which is going to annoy finland doing anything basically to try and show how powerful and capable they are still without actually trying to start war anywhere else because ukraine is making them feel weak because ukraine was supposed to be a stop ukraine was supposed to be a quick stop okay it doesn't matter what the result is now on ukraine and frankly i don't think it's going to be a russian victory but it wasn't a stop it was supposed to be a stop And it isn't. And that's going to cause trouble in Russia. And honestly, with all this going on, in the round in Europe and all this sort of thing is taking on in Europe, etc., and all the ideas focusing on Europe, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a flare up in Africa or the Middle East because usually, and this is going to sound terrible, the moment you stop looking at those places is when things start to go really badly wrong and no one sees it coming uh, because they're all too busy concentrating on something in Europe and then something goes boom. So while I think w- you, there are least likely things to happen in European theatre. I think a submarine is going to f- have trouble in the Black Sea. I think that the Russians are going to end up trying to do something to wind up the Finns, Norwegians, Swedes, etc., like they're doing with the Japanese. I think there is also going to be something happen in the Middle East or Africa. I think it's going to there's going to be some big boom somewhere, and suddenly some everyone's going to go, ah! when did that happen?" And that's because they're all concentrated on what's going on in Europe. Yeah,
0: fair enough. So next and final um prediction
1: what projects are going to get cancelled oh good lord everything will get cancelled and it'll get reordered again this is what always (laughs) happens the (laughs) nicest way that look projects get cancelled and then they find themselves five minutes later they uh, the world changes something happens on the world they suddenly have to reorder it for twice the price the only people who make the money are the fence contractors on it, because if you keep cancelling and then reordering, or keep changing the orders, the only people who make money are the fence contractors.
0: Well, no, not the ones who actually do the building, but the uh, I, I suppose the uh, design officers and the um, and the those who take the um, uh, people out for their um, you know. Uh... The
1: directors make money. The pro- the yeah, shareholders the... make money. <clears throat> f- not... for the sale yeah.
0: pitches or sale lunches, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but so you're not going to say. Is there anything in particular at risk? What about your Poseidons? What about your Wedge Tails? What about your? Um, I, don't we- I don't think the Wedge vessels. Tails are what at about... risk.
1: I don't think the Poseidons are at risk. I think they're all being procured. Uh, but, I don't uh, think on, the Type 20. 20- aren't they cutting back the Wedge Tails already? No, they've only ordered three in the first place. <laughs> okay. we, we haven't ordered enough in nicest way we didn't order enough to begin with they can't cry like, which gotten, means we'll, we'll, we'll probably them.
2: get one on a timeshare with the Dutch <laughs>
1: <laughs> in the case of there are three whether all three will be actually the thing is if you have free airframes the odds are one will only ever be operating at a time so in so, UK in nicest way bridge. UK air defense is a shambles. We so have we... no air defense, no matter what anyone tells you. UK air defense doesn't exist. Okay, are you... who
0: are you going to sell the Prince of Wales to?
1: Oh, they're always talking, they're not going to sell it to anyone.
0: I know, give oh, it to me. I'll turn ship. it
1: into a houseboat. <laughs> he
2: would
0: So What do you reckon will get cancelled? Drake, um,
2: I think the type Ford class
0: think... or the um, I or think the, the constellations
2: type or will the... definitely get cancelled. Um, I think it already has been cancelled. It's um, going to be the Type Thirty One Batch Two, if anything. Yeah, they'll probably slap like two Type Thirty Ones on the end of the order, two or three, and then call it a day. Um, I mean, the thing is, na- naval procurement-wise, there isn't really a lot else for the Royal, Royal Navy to cancel at this point because we've we're in the we're in the process of finishing off the last of the Astutes. <laughs> Maybe No someone... one's going to cancel the ballistic missile subs Because Someone no that might try stupid. and cut them down to three I um, don't think yeah, that'll that... necessarily happen next that year But happen. someone will probably give it a shot uh, um... Yeah, they,
1: they they always give it a shot They always get shot down Even but the Treasury doesn't go that far Because even the Treasury yeah. sa- likes four Because mainly the Treasury uses the four ballistic missile submarines As a reason to cut air, everything else Because why do we need to spend on conventional defence? Because if you attack the UK, we'll nuke you is the, the type Treasury line is
2: too too far off down the line to be cancelled next year. Uh um, yeah,
1: it's not they're not due to do any work on that till the 2030s, so in nicest way no. That's got 8 years before anyone needs to worry about cancelling Yeah, it. I
2: think that the Royal Navy's in this weird position where at the moment the only things that we've actually got going that could be cancelled would uh I mean yeah, would be basically the 32s and maybe some of the support ships. Because everybody likes, you know, decimating the RFA right up until we actually need them. Um, in I, the US, honestly, they're, they're I still think just the multi I up think Virginia's. the multi-role
1: support ships are probably going to be an interesting one.
2: the US is going to be cr- 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 cranking up Virginia's. They might try and reduce the run of Columbia's. I can see there being a yet another tussle between the US Air Force and the US Navy as to who's going to carry the primary element of the nuclear deterrent, but um, you know there'll be fights over oh we could if you cancel one of the columbias we can afford x number of b21s or so whatever um there'll be that argument to be had in in congress meanwhile the uh, us icbm systems are still working on 5.25 inch floppy disks so who knows maybe that'll be a left field uh, demand for nuclear nuclear deterrent budgets
1: oh we we could always hope i'm i'm seriously worried about those systems
2: no, if 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 anything, the the only the, the main thing I might I can foresee possibly being cancelled next year or at least heavily delayed is a lot of a lot of um, new procurement might be put on hold because uh, despite the fact that everybody is is throwing weapons into Ukraine like it's going out of fashion, um and everyone at, back at the beginning of the year was saying oh yes we must increase our defense budgets etc 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 uh come toward the end of the year with the various economic problems that everybody's having people are quietly walking back on that which means they're pretty much like what happened with afghanistan and iraq governments are going to be trying to fund what's effectively a war budget out of the standard day-to-day ministry, ministry of defense or defense department or whatever various call it. Um, regular budgets which will mean to you know to restock on javelins or stingers or gepards or the you know star streaks and whatever else is being brimstones or what's being sent over there to rebuild those stocks it'll be expected to come out of the regular budgets at which point it'll be a case of well do you want to actually have a reserve of weapons you can use today or do you want to pay for the stuff that's going to replace them five to ten years down the line (laughs) which is um Going to be a fun little. uh
1: little,
2: That's going to be a tough one and a half.
3: Hmm.
2: Jamie. Yes,
0: but um. I, oh look, I I I can't see the Australian the, the Royal, in terms of the Royal Australian Navy. We'll either cancel the entire surface fleet in order to crew and pay for a um, nuclear submarine fleet, or we'll cancel the submarine fleet. So um. I, I yeah. It's it's. I I just think there's just the optimism, shall we say, shown towards the entire project is, is way beyond the scope of reality. Um, it, to make it work, would literally need the country to throw bucket loads of money after bucket loads of money to get the skills, not just in terms of the crews, which we don't have, All the way down to the welders, which we don't have. Um, And so, if you want to do that, you're going to have to pay for it in a tightening, you know, fiscal environment. So, therefore, it will be oh, do we really need all those ANZAC frigate escort vessels? We've only got three um, air warfare destroyers anyway. They can't really achieve much. And what those LHDs? Well, they can't actually fight on the front line anyway. So. that being said, probably, they'll probably be the ones that we keep, if anything, because they can we can at least use them for disaster relief, which is always good for a, a press op. So um, yeah, I, I think chances are that uh, reality will bite very harshly um, in a few months time, once they get to the point of turning a dream or a thought bubble into some form of reality there. Um, there is
1: of course the other option though and this is something we haven't considered is that something else happens to uh, the, the and then it gets worse thing on the defence thing and all the politicians then have to actually start funding stuff. Yeah but
0: it's too late. I mean what's the point of if mm. if, if you're at that point why would you be investing your money
2: on something it won't get delivered for another 30 to
0: 40 years. Well
2: mm-hmm. also I'd point out that you know this year has gradually been a series of and then it got worse and they're still trying yes. to budget cut. No. Oh uh, yes, so, I, mean,
1: I would argue about how pro- high-profile those things because they're high-profile in our bubbles because we are all defense orientated right? But it's interesting enough that things haven't really broken through to the general public media since January, February time. I know you're no longer seeing the daily updates on the war in no, Ukraine, no. etc., and all these sort of things, are you?
0: no but we ask it's still not gone you will still see you know the stories about the um, you know, the infrastructure and yeah uh, 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 you yeah, know the likes there so
1: yes but it's, those, it's not gone. Uh, those stories are all below let's be honest what's been the front page news for the last few weeks it's been I'm a celebrity get me out of here or rather as I tend to call it I'm a celebrity give me a job I think it's called politics isn't it well, it is if you're Matt Hancock and he did very well, thank you very much. It's um it's it, it, it's it's quite fun that he did quite so well because the amount of people who are going, Oh, he's a Tory, he's gonna do terribly, and then he went in to go and came third and it's a case of Yeah, um <laughs> that's a bit of a problem. Um and then you've got the case of
0: yellow cards, local politics.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, and then you've got the scenario that sort of the, the, the strip become dancing and all these things, and they all take the lead. And let's put it this way: it's good. People, everyone wants an escape from reality. Everyone wants these things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the trouble is, the moment the defence or anything drops below, when they are talking, when educate, every time there are the results come in in June, July. From the various A levels and GTCs, governments start talking about increasing education funding. And by the time it's dropped below the heading in January, that's when they start making cuts. And yeah. it's always the same. Every time something's high profile on front page in the news, they talk about giving it more money. The moment it drops below the front page, uh, it gets walked back. Well, to, whatever, sure... to pay for whatever's, already, whatever's currently in the front page.
0: I think you know. I think the Russians will be continuing to um, maintain the pressure for a while yet, f- mostly for their own internal political reasons, which may oh, yeah. mean that it's which which may mean that um, it's a bit of an inconvenience for that um, desire for the subject to just quietly go away,
1: so we can f- forget about it. I wouldn't so- be surprised if the Russians try to do something very big over Christmas. I wouldn't be surprised if something take it will. The interesting thing will be whether it's Orthodox Christmas, Christian Christmas, <laughs> or if it's Protestant and Catholic Christmas Christian Christmas that they pick as their dates to make a big issue. But I wouldn't be surprised if the present on Christmas Day, which the Ukrainians get from the Russians, whether it's Orthodox Christmas or Christ or um not or Catholic or Protestant Christmas is going to be a lot of missiles. And a lot of attacks.
0: Mm, I suppose,
1: because remember, the Russians are no and are not and are not unknown for their Christmas Day offensives. Um. Yes,
0: and oh, I well. guess it's it's also um, the the war is at that phase where grand gestures are almost a necessity. Yes. Especially because most of the grand gestures have gone against Moscow uh, in terms of Moscow and the bridge, Putin's favourite bridge, which he personally mm-hmm. inspected um, this week.
1: Yeah, no, that was pers- very pers- pers- dangerous. Inspe- per- uh, per- very personally dangerous. inspected The repairs. Well, we very Japan, dangerous. Very dangerous to send a uh, one of his fake, uh, fake <laughs> Putins to that close to the front line. Imagine if he'd been shot and killed, he'd have had to admit it wasn't him.
2: <laughs> or he's uh, a time lord. Ugh. Yeah, no, I thought they're British. No, they, well cool. you do get the occasional renegade. Yeah. Okay. Anyway.
0: Well help me, yeah, but they're going to they are going to the US, aren't they? So, mm-hmm. it, so it'll, it'll either, be, it'll either be Mickey Mouse
2: <laughs> or Rambo. Ooh. Possibly. That'd be fun. But, uh I, yeah I think we're probably uh wrap wrapped up at this point the year and uh we will see everybody in 2023 assuming that uh, the Christmas surprise isn't nukes for everyone <laughs> I, I, yes in I, which case think... we will see the survivors in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't worry we will be talking to you <laughs> see you although
1: soon. me and Drac might by that might at that point be unassailable dictators of the United Kingdom
2: no, of Croydon. Well, yeah, Well, well no. <laughs> no. The mutants no. can have Croydon. <laughs> yes. I'm staying foot. <laughs> anyway, see you I'll all. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: Welcome to the Bilge Pumps, where a bunch of naval geeks spout off.